Wasn't it Joop that said, the bike to bike, that's all I like. Well, not for us. We cover life on and off the bike. And this is Coasting, the Live Slow, Ride Fast podcast. Winning the mood starts swinging, the devil's grinning, he keeps on singing. Hearts get heavy and time's an enemy. Today's episode of the podcast is not a regular one. Again, no classic mano a mano in the man cave. Today we continue a series of podcasts in which we dive into the world of gravel, into the minds of its star racers, race organizers and other subject matter experts. So the search continues. What is it when people talk about the spirit of gravel? How do gravel races differ from road events? How is the US gravel culture compared to Europe's gravel scene? What's with the gear? What's hot and what's not? So join us for another episode of Coasting, powered by Shimano GRX and Specialized. My name is Stephen Bolt, and sitting right in front of me, Lord Stendhal. That's a rocky road and a mighty long way, right in the ruts, the one day you'll be free. Yeah, you Yo, how are you, man? Sipping, sipping your last... Uh, I'm sipping my... <laughs> sip I'm sipping beer. my beers and making a podcast and uh, the kids are too bad, so life's good at the moment. <laughs> hey, tell us, what's uh, what's coasting, man? Yeah, it's you, the spin-off. It's a yeah. spin-off from our Dutch podcast, Live Slow, Ride Fast. Um, we had already a few English... English native English uh, guests speak uh, with native language, uh, and we thought it would be nice to make a, a great podcast about ad- the world of gravel riding, world of adventure riding, and not yeah. not exactly the world of pro racing. So this will yeah. be mainly focused on gravel and adventure riding. Yeah, international guests, gravel and adventure, and English spoken, requested by many. Yeah, requested by many, doubted by us. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to go to Furt to the nonne. I don't know. Uh, only the Dutch people will know what the Furt and the nonne are. But uh, no, no, I'll manage. And next year I have a, I'll have a lot of USA time. I'll be a lot in the US, and uh, there, there, my uh, my accent will be a lot better. I hope. Planning to make a bunch, a bunch of episodes of the Coasting Podcast coming year during all those trips that are coming up. Where were we in June? Right when we uh, when we recorded this one, we were at the in the lodge, like we were in the the VIP room of the lodge, where the the winner of Unbound and also the winner of the migration race. Me, uh, we were we were dedicated a, a VIP lodge while you were sleeping at a tent. I I, I remember, and uh, we recorded this one uh, at the end of a four day gravel stage race, the migration gravel race in the in the in the Great Masai Mara in, in Kenya in. Uh, yeah. In Africa, East Africa, and yeah. there we recorded the podcast. Wet, let's let's uh, let's throw that name out there, Ian Boswell. Yeah, uh, and why why did we save it up for last? Because we recorded it in June and we're putting it out there. We we're December. saving it up for thirty first of December because the the last podcast of the year about the the biggest race of the year and the the. The best race of the year, Unbound 2021. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the ultimate Unbound 21, 2021 race analysis. Or like uh, Velo News, I think you have the Velo News cover all, uh, riding in it's front of It's on my desk. Yeah. Ian, yeah. this cover, I don't know, people can't see it, but Tesla will put it in the notes if you make notes. That's the cover of Velo News, which states the moments that define cycling in 2021. And that's the... Basically, the finished photo of Unbound uh, 
in, in, in June last year. So yeah, and I, I'm defeated over there, and I still remember the the pain of of of, of defeat uh, over there. Now for me, it was also a special day. And what the cool thing is about this podcast is, think we we will real life that race with the two main contenders, the final of of Unmount. And my thoughts, his thoughts, my actions, his reactions, and the other way around. And I think that's the cool thing about uh, about yeah. this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I've been enjoying the conversation, even though I was like dead from you the were four f- days <laughs> yeah, you- before. Uh, Man, it was so nice to have you. You were great. You were you were not like like all the sun didn't catch you. You (laughs) you looked great. You were like feeling sorry for yourself. Like fuck, I still have to perform now. You know, but uh, and I just gave you shit. Like I did all this thing. This I did all this all the time in the Tour de France after the mountain stage. I felt shit and I had to record something. So, but I didn't have to had to to to. To carry to the show, my, no, my, you you have to carry the show, and I just had to answer your your questions back yeah. then, uh, like I talk about many years ago in a tour. But uh, here, I think me and Ian try to to carry the show for you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> I think you performed well because I was uh, I was enjoying every second of it. Before we start with the chat with Ian, make sure because. Not everybody knows Live Slow Ride Fast. Maybe a lot of people do in the Netherlands or in Europe. Maybe they don't in the US. Head over to liveslowridefast.com for all the stories, video, photos, text of all of us here at Live Slow Ride Fast. What do people find there, Lau, at Live Slow Ride Fast? Uh, race stories, adventure stories, the, the, the movies we made, uh, all the podcasts we recorded. So you find, you'll find also the, the English ones uh, pretty quick over there. Uh, we have a shop with all our winter swag, uh, swag right now. So all our winter gear is online. You have to wait till March to 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 find your new unbound jersey. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's actually pretty cool. I'm I'm really proud on on the website, and uh, I'm also really proud on 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 this podcast and to 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 kick off a new feed. The if, Englishman won if, finally. If somebody ne- never been to a listener has never been to lifslowridefast.com and wants to see check out a video, which one should he uh, or she uh, check out? I think in this perspective, Kokoto is the yeah. best one to uh, to watch. But if you if you want to dive further back into history, Batali will be online soon. Yeah, it's a movie made about Gino Batali. Uh, yeah, there, there are many, there are many movies and many stories to read. So I warn you, it's it's like uh, you you can bury yourself a few hours into that website. It's and, a uh, it's a rabbit hole. And while yeah, you're in the a, rabbit hole, check out the documentary on the best cycling book ever written. Everybody knows what of course, what, of what, course, what, what the title of that book is. So no need to uh, to dive into that. In the <laughs> um, no. Anyway, time to check in with One Ian, last who, thing. by the way, just became father. Exactly. I was you texting what? with him this week, you know, and I just give him a, give him a little shit like I did I like I did in the final of Unbound too. Like the guy has to learn how to manage uh, how to manage his time, you know, because he's become a father, and and I can tell you from first hand that's not easy, you know. So he I'm really curious. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm really curious how many how he's managing all that stuff, you know. Ted King uh, mastered it last year. Because yeah. he's also uh, like uh, Hazel, the, the the daughter of Ted, is a, is a little, yeah, I think two years old now. But uh, Ian, he is a fresh 
totally new father and uh, he was he was moaning a little bit with me how to find time to train you know <laughs> like how i manage all those things and i i just gave him the advice of 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 time management that's key you know so no uh no no fucking around anymore you know <laughs> no, no just being lazy because of being lazy you have to plan every hour of the day in order to be productive yeah <laughs> amen to that um enough said have fun listening to ian boswell Lau, please explain where are we where the hell are we <laughs> so we're on some kind of of, of camp in yeah. uh, in yeah. Kenya yeah. Uh, near the Maasai uh, Mara area, and uh, actually we are in the VIP lodge. You know the gravel gods of cycling get the VIP lodge. <laughs> so <laughs> this is lodge number one next to my lodge, which is lodge number two. Let's just <laughs> not reveal the name yet. Let's let's say we're in his freaking bedroom. Yeah, the, the, actually, it's it's a, it's a studio, you know. It's yeah. a, all in one. It's his living room. It's his bed uh, bedroom. Bathroom is behind the door. There may be some uh, small disclaimer. There may be some background noise because we it's it's hell started, broke loose. Hell broke loose today. We're in Kenya. We're at the last day of the migration gravel race, which we will discuss later on. Uh, and at the pricing ceremony, uh, it started raining and it didn't it didn't stop. So. Uh, let's say it, it makes it even uh, cozier. In whose bedroom are we? Ian Boswell. Boswell? Boswell? Boswell. Yeah. Boswell. <laughs> Boswell. <laughs> when, when you... When you um, is, he, is he an organized type, you think, uh, Ian? Looking around a little bit in his bedroom? No, he was just cleaning up when I came and... I th it looks pretty organized. It's, I saw his, uh, it's, uh, it's, his podcast cables. Uh, <laughs> he had this uh, this washing bag from the his old washing bag still with him. Laundry still bag, my, yeah. yeah. Still my washing bag. Well, I, I don't feel like anyone's very organized after the last four days. I feel like you kind of have everything in a suitcase, and everything's dirty. So. Are you an organized dude? Because he he is like mega organized. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess to a degree I'm organized. I also just like to be prepared so I don't have to think about it. Like when we finished today, I packed up my bike after 20 minutes because yeah. it's like, cool, that's one less thing I have to think about. But I feel like over the course of this trip, I've become more, I don't, I mean, you can see my suitcase. It's kind of just a bunch of shit all thrown into the bag <laughs> and it still zips up. So I don't need to really organize it until maybe I fly home. Before we start discussing, okay, so there are two main subjects tonight, right? For me. Unbound, which I discussed with you, both of you, uh, on the bike uh, just a few days ago. There was no full head-to-head -head analysis of how that race went uh, between the two of you. So uh, I, that's an important thing to discuss. And, of course, the migration gravel race. But be before we do that, um, who's in Boswell? Lau? You, got, you, know, you know, let me put it in, di in a different way. You guys know where you first met. And when it no, it must be in some kind of race in Spain in the beginning of the uh, of, of 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 a cycling year because I was already pro since 2004, I think, and you became pro in 2013. I, I, yeah. I so maybe 12. Tour California 2012. Yeah, you did that year. Yeah, because I, I did uh, it with Livestrong. So maybe that was the with Rabobank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might, might be possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah 2012. Yeah. yeah, I have it uh, from. To, uh, so you were with Ex uh, Excel Mercedes yeah. team. 
And was also the year uh, Dombrowski was there. No? Dombrowski was good. I was very bad. Yeah, I, I remember Dombrowski yeah. that year because we we did the uh, was also the beginning of Strava. Yeah. So we did the recon of the first stage. It's next to the coast, and then you go left up some climb. It's also in Levi's Fondo, I think. Common Valley. Yeah. Climb, yeah. And then uh, we went up fast, and I was like. The same day or the day before, uh, Dombrowski <laughs> did a faster time than, than I did. And I was like, who's that guy? So I clicked on his profile and then I found out he was in Livestrong. Yeah, I remember that uh, MU2 started in uh, Santa Rosa, I think. Yep. Yeah. What kind nice. of rider is he? Now, I remember uh, the the best I remember him is, is I think it was another MU2 of California. I don't remember the year, but you were pulling. On the on the on the on the on the last mountain must be Mount Baldy or something, yeah. and I was suffering. And <laughs> that's the that's how you remember riders, you know, like you're in the wheel and you suffer and you're like, fuck, he's and there was maybe ten guys left or or even less, I think. Like uh, you remember that? Yeah, maybe 2015, I think. Um, but yeah, I turned pro in 2013, but I was a pretty shit rider for a couple of years <laughs> i didn't really i think both dabrowski and i came into the world tour with like big expectations because we were americans and went to team sky how old was, were you then uh you? 22 when he first went to sky um but there's a lot of like expectation and we both went to the world tour and didn't yeah but also you do go to the biggest team in the yeah. world so i remember also being with the sky guys in the bus and we are being a little bit jealous on uh, I think 2014 Wiggins won the Amgen Tour. Yeah, yeah, and and the the, the af- after the last last stage, we were just there with our subway sandwiches thrown to nah. us by the organizers, <laughs> and they had all those recovery meals in yeah. nicely like Tupperware stuff. And I remember that like oh, that team is like really organized. That's what I remember from yeah. from those years. And yeah. if you come there as a young rider, I think that's might be difficult. Yeah, it definitely spoils you. I was actually supposed to go to, um, I guess, what is now DSM. Oh, so, so I actually yeah. did a stagiaire with Argo Shimano. Um, and I remember I got a contract offer from Team Sky. And um, I don't want to say the name wrong because this is a Dutch podcast, but <laughs> Ivan Spreikenbrink. Yeah. Uncle Ivan, we call him. <laughs> I was going to say something else. but How were those, con- how were, how were those <laughs> conversations? Spe- uh, special guy, right, Mr. Spreikenbrink? Yeah, well, he kept calling me. <laughs> And like, it was like two in the morning in the Netherlands and he would call me. I was at tour Colorado and he's like, why, why don't you want to come to my team? Why would you go to sky? It's the same team. Like we have everything sky can offer you. I was like, "Mm, I I really don't really know if that's like equivalent, but uh, yeah. And also sky offered me a three-year contract. So it's like, it was easy for me to go to that team just because it was such a big team. But I mean, who knows? I mean, you you raced with with that organization. I raced with Ewan, yeah. yeah. J- just one step before Sky, where you uh, like um, with Axel Merckx. You came in uh, cycling at your like uh, 18th or something, or were you always as a kid cycling? Yeah, my dad used to do triathlon, so like he did bike racing before. So I started, I think, like BMX when I was seven and eight, and then did road cycling a little bit. But it's not like the Netherlands; it's like ah. you know. Ah. a couple guys in the race and then just gradually like worked up through the the ranks and then went to yeah made it to the national team and then actually lived in belgium when i was 16 not for cycling for school ah. um you live with noel no, yeah a little bit a little no, bit not, i didn't live with him but i went to the national team well, house who's noel but, noel de jonker he, he also was a team director at ccc still yeah but he's famous for 
when I was racing uh, the amateurs, Michael Creed and yeah. those guys, they were living in Belgium with Noel de Jonker. He's famous for having a house in yeah. Belgium, and all the US the US national team comes there if they if they race in Belgium. And yeah, sometimes they stay for months, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's the, a little place in Isagem. Yeah, is him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real shithole. Um, speak, the house, yeah. No, nothing, nothing. Um, but it was a terrible house. It was like old and yeah, there'd sometimes be like 25 cyclists in the house and it was just messy boys. But yeah. that's kind of like the way for Americans to make it in Europe. And you'd go over and you'd spend, like Lauren said, like two or three months just racing cremesses. And once you got like to the 18, then you could maybe go to some of the Nations Cup races. But yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, I guess you learn a lot and like myself coming from the U.S. and like wanting to be a climber, I was like, why am I racing Kermesses in Belgium? But you actually learn a lot of just tactics doing those races, but it was a, yeah. It's a tough life, you know? Iman also did it. Iman Lucas, yeah. who used to live with me for a year. And then he said like in the U.S. you think you're like the go yeah, the king of the crits and, and you go to Belgium and then every Belgium guy can go as fast as you can. Yeah. That's what he said. Basically, like you see such amount of talent yeah. they have over there in Belgium, like going fast in those skirmishes. And then mom is dead and grandma is there and everybody's there to, to, to help the, the rider, you but know. You know how many it's guys live in that house? Oh geez. Over the I think it was like ten or fifteen years. So probably like several hundred Jesus, it must yeah. be all these young guys trying to make it yeah. probably drinking their ass <laughs> off every now and yeah. then yeah there was actually i remember um it's like a it's like a fret house it's like a yeah well <laughs> i remember like we used to go out to this um this pub in town i think it was called de pecker and yeah. we used to see uh tim de clerk there because he's from Isagem, so we would like <laughs> yeah. see him at the club and <laughs> El yeah Tractor. yeah because I mean, also in the u.s you can't drink till you're 21 so we're yeah. like 16 in europe we're like yeah, yeah, we're going to the bar, go. you know. <laughs> yeah, we would like sneak out through the window and, you know, escape. But of course, Els, his uh, Noel's wife, like they knew everyone in town, so they always knew what we did yeah. because someone would say, "Hey, we yeah. saw your riders at the." You're not the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we saw them at the Friedery or we saw them at the pub. But um, no, it was a fun time to like just be young well, and trying to like race bikes. And what what kind of uh, like a junior or uh, what's the uh, Nibelingen? Nibelingen, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, were you were you like the 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 training beast or the the talent uh, that that always uh, sleeps uh, too long or what what kind of uh, probably kinda? more of a talent than yeah. a training beast I guess because I matured early so I was like yeah. already you know one meter ninety at fourteen years old so I was like already you know oh. bigger than everyone um, which is probably why I struggled so much when I turned professional because you don't really have to learn how to race a bike. You just are like strong enough. You can make mistakes and then, yeah. okay, time to go to the front and you just, you know, go to the front. And that's why like going to Europe was so much more challenging because you actually have to learn how to ride in the wind and move well, around the peloton. Was the, what was the most difficult for you? Moving the peloton? Yeah. Even today in the race, <laughs> moving oh, the peloton. Man, for all the listeners, so riding with Ian is like, uh, he starts in the back and at some point he uh, decides, well, Guys, it's uh, time to it's pull. Time to pull. <laughs> and, then you go, and he goes uh, to the front of yeah. the pack, and then everybody dies. That's but basically in, what happens. Yeah, in gravel, you can do that. In the world tour, you no. can't. And that's, I mean, also, same with Dombrowski. Like, we always took Stravas in world tour races because we start in the last 20 riders and finish in the front groups. You always do, you know, 30, 40 seconds faster than 
than the first the guys. The first guy, because yeah. you're going the opposite direction that you yeah. should be. But even uh, I heard Mathieu van der Poel today in the Tour de France stage started the, the last guy on the 4K to go on the climb. And even he couldn't. No. Like Alaphilippe. Uh, no. no, he was nowhere. So in the World Tour, you really have to be on the front on the right time. Yeah. In the Classics, it's even more... Uh, more necessary but also in the climbing races you lose so much so so much energy so it's it's not possible to start in the in the last part and how was it with sky because they yeah. they race more as a team i i also remember for example wild pools he also was always at the back yeah did they moan at you did they no i guess you? that's like the easy thing when you're at team sky is like the team's already at the front and everyone in the peloton also gives you space to yeah. move in the peloton you know you can come up the side and like they see the jersey that and they know you're in the front. And I guess, you know, other people on different teams would always say, like, oh, you guys are like kind of jerks in the peloton because you have like a little chip on your shoulder. But there was a mentality at Sky, like especially if we're trying to like do a tactic and another team comes to ride, it's like, come on, guys, get out of the way. Like, we have a plan. We know the plan. We, we're not telling you, but like, you know, just wait. Like, don't try to, you know, we had so much horsepower. Do you recognize that? that huh? they, they have some respect, yeah. Yeah. That's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they How does that somehow it's also also was annoying, you know? Like uh, you have the team of the yellow jersey, and if Sky was not the team of the yellow jersey, they were sitting second team. Yeah. But why not third or fourth yeah. or fifth? Why second team? You know. But that was. <laughs> and also in a Grand Tour, I think you have to earn that spot in the first week. You yeah. know, Like, or the first day actually, and then uh, so then it's maybe a fight, and then. Yeah, the, the third week, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody yeah. respects that. When you, when you think back at your Sky days, yeah, you know, as, a, as an outstander, uh, 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 outsider. Sorry, outsider things, I, I, when I think of those days, I think of Luke Rowe, Durain Thomas, Mr. Dave Brilsford himself. How is he, Wiggins. by the way? <laughs> Wiggins. Wiggins, yeah. Damn. <clears throat> um, I feel like the team's changed a lot since I was there. Like when yeah. I was there, it was like very much this British team. You know, you yeah. had Ian Standard and like the, the writers oh, you yeah. said, Pete yeah. Kenna, Ben Swift. Um, you know, it was very much like a British team with a British like core group of people. And those yeah. were like all the, they were the good cyclists, but also the cool guys. You wanted yeah. to hang out with them. Yeah. Um, How was it when you came in? part of the cool guys suddenly like of the cool guys gang <laughs> it took a while to like integrate with the team especially because you know the American accent and you know both Joe and I came in as like almost the first riders who were young that came from outside the British cycling okay, yeah, kind yeah. of network you uh, and uh, Joe Dombrowski yeah, right? yeah we both came at the same time I think Danny Pate was at the team uh-huh. already um, so there's three Americans but it took us a while to like integrate, but we had like our first team kind of get together in London after Bradley won the tour. And you, you know how it is. Like you have a first party and you drink and yeah, there was like a hazing and like a drinking competition. And then like, because I could drink, people were like, okay, cool. Like we'll, we'll talk to this guy. Um, but it was like very intimidating. I remember there's like people on the team that I followed racing. I knew like European racing, but there's a lot of riders in the team. I didn't know like Christian Knees and Kiryanka oh, nice. yeah. guys who were like oh, yeah. big cyclists, but I just yeah. like, who is this guy? You know, yeah. I, I've heard of like the big names and spe- like, especially, you know, the British writers or Australians, but there was a lot of writers that I didn't know. I mean, guys like, you think like Zondio, who's like oh, been yeah. a pro for 15 years and like never won a race, but such a good yeah. rider yeah. that you just don't know Wait, wait a bit, little bit of uh, intimidated. No, or the other way around. Like, yeah, I don't cocky. know the guy. Yeah. Cocky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. Cause both Joe and I had good last years as under 23. So we came in like, Oh yeah, like this is, can't be that much harder than, you yeah, know, we go to under 23 <laughs> we'll smash it um 
and we got smashed that first year. I think my first world tour race was Perry Nice and it was almost like not real because the team was so good. Like Richie Port won that year, but the team was so successful. You don't realize like how big of a result that was to be part of a team that wins Perry Nice. Nice, And, you know, we were just, I mean, I was just trying to hang on and, you know, do as little as possible, like do as much as I could, but it was like, the, by far the least helpful person on the team just like you know getting bottles a couple of times and never being able to get to the front and, again and then you came back you lived in Nice or Monaco State or? in Nice yeah in nice. yeah I moved and to what nice. are you thinking then like the first <coughs> yeah, world yeah. tour race by Nice shitty weather yeah you've been like used to all those American roads no roundabouts no yeah. uh, good it was weather. no space whatsoever no, no like, yeah when it's such a stressful race to go to. I mean, Paranese is probably one of the most just chaotic races of the season. But yeah, I mean, I guess also when I, it took so long to just get adapted in Europe that it took me a while to even like start training once I moved to Europe. You know, I moved in, I was like trying to figure out how to get a visa and like find an apartment and get a phone. And so like training was almost secondary because I, maybe my personality, maybe I am organized. I tried to figure out all these other (laughs) things before doing the training. And some people just like, don't worry about all the logistics of life and they just do the training and don't care about anything else and i was the opposite i wanted everything like organized before i could start training so yeah it was a slow start to the season but eventually i kind of got up and running but it was just a huge change just with going from a american team to a international you know world tour team with so much support and coaches and training and you know i remember a couple days prior to perry nice the first year i did a ride with frumi and richie and they just like kicked my teeth in. It was like seven hours. Doing just, the training. Every, yeah, every <laughs> climb they would just attack me. And like we'd take a random turn, they'd just start sprinting. And we had a coach following us in the car. And like, you know, he was just like laughing because they were just like <laughs> killing me every single climb. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, those guys, it probably took more time to earn respect from the yeah. big riders than the riders who were kind of, you know, young like myself. Do you speak to them? Through <clears throat> me or uh, uh, Rich Port or yeah, guys funny. Like that? Um, Richie sent me a message, Richie and his wife sent me a message after Unbound. No way. And I was like, dude, you just won Dauphiné. Like, why are you texting me? Like, Because in my eyes, still Dauphiné is like one of the biggest yeah. world tour races. And the fact that he had just won the Dauphiné, which is a race he's been close to winning but never won, and then yeah. messaged me about a race in Kansas. I'm like, dude, what's happening? Like, why, why are you messaging me? Did you, did, did you make friends in that time? Yeah, I had a lot of really good friends. Like Luke and I still speak a lot. Uh, Pete Kenna... Yeah, Richie and I stay in touch. I was in Nice last spring before the pandemic and we rode together a couple times. So there's like some core guys on the team that I, you know, stay in close contact with. Phil Guyman, or not Phil Guyman, Phil Dignan, uh, <laughs> Irish, yeah. So there's like, you know, Nico Roach, we spent a lot of time together. So there's some riders in the team I still stay in touch with, but some of the riders, like anything, I mean, you just lose contact yeah. and you're just teammates and not not necessarily friends. When you begin and then we uh, move on to the other <laughs> subject, but you said things have changed a bit. Uh, is the, into, in, what, in what way? Well, is I think you like look at the, the team. In, yeah? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I think it's, I mean, the team's become much more, it's always been international, but you see how yeah. many Spanish you yeah. know, or South American riders there are now there's almost like a whole part of the team that's just Spanish speaking with like Spanish coaches, Spanish directors. Um, You know, you can go to a race now and maybe you're the only person that speaks English as your native language. So I think just the, the culture of the team, like it's almost hasn't lost the British identity, but there's not that core group of like, you go to a race and there's going to be majority British riders on the team. Maybe like how Rabobank was compared to now DSM. It's like a different. Jumbo Fist. Yeah. Jumbo. yeah. 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 
Rauwand ja, is... was de Dutch team. <coughs> ja. Also, Rory Sutherland spoke Dutch. Ja. Like, yeah. you needed to learn Dutch. Ja. And now the, the language, language is English. So, let's try, but it, it also uh, seems like it was way more, ro- there were uh, uh, w- way more rock and roll in those times. And uh, there were more um, moments that did not have to do with cycling, uh, but more in uh, and going to a bar, going to a restaurant, doing things besides cycling. If, if and there's Vigan, no room if, for if, that anymore. If Wiggins yeah. is the leader, yeah, yeah, then yeah, the leader also the, his disciples yeah. they yeah. follow them, and they yeah. follow him, they follow his behavior a little yeah. bit. So I think that that has also a lot to do with who's the leader of the team. Yeah, yeah. well, and now, that, yeah. that's maybe one of the, like the things not dangerous living in Monaco is like because you're hanging out with all these big riders you know yeah. you're hanging out like richie port's there and frumi and Gilbert and tor hushoff was there and <clears throat> you can like train with these guys but you just find yourself every day doing everyone's easy ride yeah. so you think like oh cool i'm yeah. like i trained today with hushoff but we did like you know two hours to italy for coffee and back and the next oh i trained with Gilbert, two hours italy coffee and back <laughs> and so you think like oh i'm training with all these big I'm guys good. I'm good. yeah they're oh, yeah i must be ready <laughs> yeah, <they're secret> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't do yeah you're not doing their big rides you're just doing the easy rides and like hey let's go to dinner at you know a nice restaurant and you think wow this pro lifestyle is really cool <laughs> you know going to nice restaurants yeah. in monaco and coffee Having rides a lot of coffee. yeah but you're not seeing like the hard work that people are doing as well so it's Something you have to be aware of, like especially hanging out with so many pros. It's easy that, and also they want to invite you on the easy ride, not on the, not on the hard. Not on the interval. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is there Pewing. is there a guy? Is there a guy? Was there a guy in Monaco uh, that was famous for his his hard training hours, like like a really training beast, dude? Um. Well, we spoke about it before Unbound, but uh, Remart Willinger trains a lot. He was a oh, former yeah. pro. But oh, he's, he thinks all the KOMs, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess in the last couple of years when Kreuzwick moved down, he trains a lot and hard. Yeah. Now, he always does like, I see him on Strava and I'd see him in Nice, but he's always doing like double days training, which most people don't do. Um, but most most of the guys I trained with were like Richie and Volgren, um, those were probably the two guys I trained the most with. Yeah. And we just did long rides, you know, and everyone, and the nice thing about Nice is it's a lot of hills. So you can, everyone does their intervals on the hill and then you meet at the top, ride a bit, get a coffee, do some more intervals. So it's but like the perfect. Richie always does the same loop, almost. Yeah, every day he does the Col de Madone. Yeah. Even on a recovery day. It's yeah. the Armstrong <laughs> test, uh, test yeah. Uh, yeah. Call, right? Yeah, he does it literally every single day. Whoa. Which is, I mean, I think it's a thousand meters of climbing. So, yeah get a lot of altitude meters in, in a season if you're doing it every day. A bit like Valverde, what was your theory again? Always, every day, 80, 80 kilometers. Yeah, Valverde, yeah, I, I also follow him on Strava, but lately he's doing different stuff, but he's yeah. also going less fast. But he's doing every day in between two and a half, and oh, now in between yeah, 80 and 120K. Yeah. Like every day, except for the day before a race, and then he does 45 minutes, or for 45K. But every day he also takes KOMs. Like, yeah, and he goes up and down the same though. Yeah, yeah. probably uh, in Murcia with his posse. <clears throat> sounds is, sounds like you have uh, you, you 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 like no you like being a pro. Um, I enjoyed it. Well, it's nice that you only have like one thing to do in the day. Like you think now, my life's same with Lawrence. It's like there's so many emails and like little things in your life that just take time. One dimensional life <clears throat> is good, man. And you wake up and like you just ride your bike and yeah. you come and like going to the grocery store for me was like. I save it for the rest day. I'm like, okay, like I have, I buy food for three days and then I 
the rest oh. day, I, you know, do an easy ride, go to the grocery store and like, that's your day. So it, it changed. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you do other things as well, but it's amazing how much you can do with just a little bit less training. You just have more energy. I mean, it takes so much energy to, and you get in this like almost lazy lifestyle where you're just thinking so much about resting and recovering that. Think about yourself. maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a very selfish lifestyle, but it also, the sports become so much more serious that you kind of need that level yeah, of focus. Maybe we think we need it. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I think now I'm sometimes stronger than I was when I was yep. racing before. Well, there's you, the you can I'm shake also, hands with them. Yeah. yeah. I'm also surprised with the level I still have while doing all those other things in life, yeah. you know, and maybe train or maybe at least train 30% less in hours than yeah. what I used to. Yeah. With hours I do, I do more faster because yeah. like Ian says, you have more energy. But does it mean you would recommend to specific riders or maybe riders in general to to, to get a hobby <laughs> or to, <laughs> yeah. to to set up a, a business or something like that? So times yeah. becomes more, what happens then? Times become, becomes more precious, precious, precious valuable. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, then it becomes like, you don't, you're not thinking about it as much. You know, yeah. you think like, cool, I have three hours to go ride. I'm going to yeah. go ride yeah. rather than your pro and you have all day you're like okay i'll wait till 10 um maybe 11 12 yeah. and then it starts raining you're like oh, i'll wait till the afternoon and then you don't do it because it's like you have all day to do it so sometimes you don't do it what's the um thing my wife always says the time expands to fill the something that's like the, if you have the time you don't you like wait till the end yeah but if you don't have the time then you just make it happen yeah yeah you're way more productive yeah and in the end maybe it's, it even makes you yeah. faster um you turn to gravel, eh? Yeah, somehow. Do, uh, do you see yourself as a gravel pro now? No, not, not, not pro at all. No? Um, well, why, so why, why, why not? I don't know how to say not pro, but I don't necessarily, my perspective is I don't see gravel as like professional. I mean, people are doing it professional. I see like, I mean, I guess even Lawrence maybe a bit, but like Pete and Colin, like this is their profession. This is their job. And I'm different Pete in the sense. Pete Stetanak on the Strickland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And some of you know, Amity Rockwell and some of these other athletes are racing professional. This is like their full-time thing. No, there's not very many. Oh. Um, but when I stopped racing, I thought I was never going to race a bike again. Maybe I would. I loved riding, but I wasn't sure what I was going to do competitively. Um, just following some concussions, I wasn't sure if I would be able to like yeah. race in a Peloton. So I took a job at Wahoo Fitness. And part of that job is, you know, we go to events anyway, so I might as well go and help support and I could participate in the events. So it wasn't till <clears throat> like the beginning of 2020 that was a like, cool, maybe I'll go and see if I can, you know, be competitive because it looked fun and cool, but I didn't do anything in 2020. And so throughout the whole course of the year, you know, I was still riding, but you, you're one year more away from racing. And then you think like, well, maybe the level's too high. I don't know what these guys are. I see Pete on you know, Strava, I'm thinking, shit, he's training more than, you know, when I was in the world tour. So you get really intimidated as far as like, am I going to be able to ride with these guys? Cause yeah. they're doing so many hours. Actually, Even same with. But actually I had the same yeah. because uh, somebody sent us a soundbite of the podcast. Yeah. I think in the beginning of 2020, I was like, I'm not going to unbound to race for the podium. Yeah. Like uh, I, uh, those guys, Strickland said, those are the pros and I'm, I'm here just to yeah. have fun to, to take you guys yeah. to uh, to the US. And at the end, I think both of us are surprised with the level we still have. What happened? Yeah. The pandemic also ha helped me, to be honest. Yeah. Gave more. you time to make the transition? Uh, 
gave me time to stay home for one year instead mm -hmm. of traveling around st yeah. uh, straight. So uh, I still trained a lot, but I was home for one year. And I think also the body took a big reset of, yeah. of racing. Yeah. Like, like both our bodies changed a little bit yeah. With, yeah. With, with some more kilos. And I think also the was good for the body to rest for one year from all the stress from racing. And now it's basically, it's no stress from racing. I've done six races this year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you recognize his story? Yeah. Like the, I mean, the I think body reset. Yeah. Uh, and I think for me, it became like cycling became very fun again. Yeah. You know, I stopped like training. I stopped worrying about things. I had one year, like Lauren said, where I was just riding and like, there's a dim. Like, oh, I feel good. I'll go for a KOM or something. Yeah. And it became like a kid again. You know, you yeah. just go out and you ride hard when you feel good. And when you don't feel good, you go easy. You know, you ride with friends. It's like it made it just so simple again. So I think for me, it was like physical, but also so much mental, like to just fall in love with riding a bike again. Because uh -huh. when you're racing, and that's one thing I guess I'm happy that I did stop racing when I did, is I stopped and still love cycling. You know, so many pros retire and they never want to see the bike again. They don't want to yeah. train. They don't want to ride. They don't oh. want to be anywhere. And it's like, that's crazy to me that I still love riding my bike so much i was mm, thinking about cool. that this week so many guys and also they come back to cycling now for example tanking he didn't touch the bike for two years and now he said i was training with him after a month or paul matas had his farewell barbecue and he said actually you inspired former, me to, uh, former uh, yeah yeah he said uh, actually you inspire me to also try to do inbound for example and yeah for me it was The day I stopped, the day after, after, together with Stefan, I did already a ride all the way to Lecky because I stopped in Lombardy. And then yeah. Yeah, we made kind of movie, like one one life stops, the pro cyclist, and now it's the adventure. Right? Yeah. So I just want to... You did Tour of Lombardy, then 280... The next day. The next day, and then 280... It was 560. The next day, yeah. <laughs> he was like... Yes. But it was fun. Yeah. But it was fun because yeah. I, I, we went to we went to France. You know, we had a goal, and it's, it's yeah. nice to have a yeah. goal. And but I think I think the the pandemic did both of us good because just it was a, time just, to stress. Uh, just a quick detour. How maybe a little bit too big of a question, but how come riders lose their childish I like cycling, play around uh, feeling? Mentality. mentality as a pro i mean maybe it's because they're they take it so serious like it does get to a point where it consumes their life you know and they yeah. see it as like work not as fun yeah. i mean i think anyone who becomes a professional cyclist does it because they fall in love with biking yeah. and just the sport and riding and the freedom it gives you and then they take it so serious that they associate it with the pain and the suffering and the sacrifice So when they stop they don't there's like a negative association with, it's, it's with for the example yesterday you were on a bike And you were suffering, and you were dropped. And you thought, uh, you said to me like, imagine if you don't have a contract yet, and you're yeah. in the world too. Yeah, you have a wife and kids at home. Yeah, and the mortgage. And this is this is the. It, it comes. It's a little bit of a, like a red line throughout the, the discussion or the, the conversation now. If it becomes the most important thing officially in your life, things tend to become less. Yeah. Uh, interesting or less, yeah, less you put, fun yeah it takes it takes the fun out of it yeah. and I think that's one thing that is almost sad for me when I see pros who stop and then don't want anything to do with the sport and it's like but cycling gave you everything you have in your life and yeah. like, brought you so much fun and joy and and then you know some people they don't even want to talk to teammates or anything anymore and that's crazy to me because it's such a big part of your life for so long and yeah I mean maybe that's a benefit of 
maybe retiring early or in Lawrence's case, like just finding a time where it's like, cool, I've done everything I want to do. In Lawrence's case, very, very late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah but I, also, I also had a year, 2015, I didn't like it. Yeah. And I made the switch like, okay, I don't like it. And then I found a way, I, I moved to Santa Cruz yeah. and then I only raced Paris-Nice, Catalonia and Amgen and the Tour. The MG2 yeah. and the Tour. Yeah. So I had a very limited yeah. program. So actually I took one sabbatical yeah. year and there I found gravel riding because I wrote Grand Duro, I wrote so uh, I wrote Leadville. I, I did already all those races yeah. back in 2016. You find a mode to and enjoy there, pro life. Yeah, there, no. yeah, and there I found back the joy for cycling uh. because in 2015, the day of the Champs Elysees, I count 100 days back, I was 90 days from home. And the 10 yeah. days I was home, I was at least eight grumpy because I was hungry, yeah. I was tired, yeah. the kids were yeah. pain in the ass. <laughs> My yeah. wife said, okay, I'm happy you're gone. You're going <laughs> to another training camp or yeah. recon of stages. So, And then I was realizing I don't want to live this life anymore. And that's why I went to the US and there we found balance in the family again. And also with me, my approach to the sport. And that's why I basically I, 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 ex I extended my career for three more years because I was ready to retire after 2016. But the U.S. was good to me back then. <laughs> Talking about the U.S., fast forward to how long is 20. it ago? I'm about three weeks, three weeks four ago. weeks. Yeah. Okay, moving into the last mile. It was June 5, right? It's June, June, yeah. June, June 26, June. so it's three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Weeks ago, seems right. like a lot's happened between then and now. Um, you guys together entering the last mile of the race. Oh. <laughs> Fast forward. Who was, uh, how confident were you? No confidence. <laughs> how how confident were you? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm famous for not sprinting, but yeah. I, at least I was happy he didn't know. <laughs> well, uh, I was the same. I think <laughs> I was thinking about this. Both of us, I think there was like 1,000 people did the 200-mile event. Yeah. I think between us, we have two in 1,000 chance of winning the sprint. And yeah. we just happened to come together <laughs> between us. Because and I think that's also maybe why we both did so well is we didn't really, not that we didn't care, but there was no expectation. Yeah. Like every time the group got smaller, I was like, wow, like you're going to be on the podium, five, five riders. And then when it was just two of us, it was like, cool like this is so cool my first both of our time like the first yeah. race in unbound like Newbies. second gravel race yeah there was no expectation it was both our second yeah i did some races in 2016 i did some grasshoppers yeah. you also yeah. did but like you were a 200 mile yeah. gravel race yeah was both our first time how, how how did you expect to perform what what did you what did you expect i had to no provide? no expectations how fit were you ian How I mean, much did you train? No I mean, bullshitting. I, I mean, I was riding before, yeah. um, but I wasn't doing anything crazy. Like, I don't have a coach. I wasn't doing anything special. You know, I also live in Vermont. We have, like, a long winter. So, yeah. like, I guess I did the rule of three the same weekend that Lawrence did the Gravel Locos. So, yeah, that was only five and a half hours, and I finished, and I was, like, cooked. I was, like, this is – how am I going to do a 10-hour race? And I was hoping to do one long ride between, and I just never had the chance – or the time to make it happen. So I was unconfident because I see, you know, you can see on Strava what everyone else is doing. And I did think, some good rides still. Yeah, I Lawrence think, did yeah. always yeah. long rides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I did, between the two events, I think I did one. I have to upload some old files just to, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to put in his head. <laughs> yeah, so I think I did one five-hour ride between and I was yeah. hoping, I guess we did on Wednesday before, we did like a 
hundred mile ride, like four and a half hours. After the race, he told me, yeah, that's where we put, put yeah, the shape in Ian's. Like, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I felt terrible every day until that ride. And then I <laughs> felt better after. Um, How is it to ride a 200 mile race? I mean, um, uh, every rider will know in during th such a really long day, you get through stages, you know, and yeah. maybe at, at least that that's what happened to a lot of uh, amateurs, you know. It also has to do with your food, but it's also a mental game, such a long, long ride. Was it always also the case with you guys, or did you both think, uh, uh, did, did you to both know honest, I'm, I'm good today? To be honest, I, it, I think it's also because the lack of racing for me in the last 18 months, for me, these races seem like in the world you do 80 races a year. Yeah. And some, they take, they, they, they feel really long. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm suffering. I've pain in the legs. I have this and this. And these races, because maybe also you have, it's, it's like the old days as a junior, the night, the day before you have to clean your bike. You have to take care of all your nutrition, like put everything like yeah. the same as we did here, right? Yeah. In the world tour, you come in the bus and then everything uh, here's your bag for the race food for the start and there's the feed zone. So these races for me, it's like like I'm really in a flow somehow, yeah. and those ten hours for me felt like maybe one hour or something like. Yeah, the same. Yeah, it didn't seem like a very long race, and maybe this kind of almost goes back to like your pro career is like you have so many things happening when you're looking after your own bike yeah. and nutrition and everything yeah. that you're just you don't even have time to really think about the race and you think when you're a pro you just sit in your bed and yeah. do nothing for yeah, hours exactly. you know yeah. you have breakfast and you come back and sit in your bed for three hours yeah. until the start and you sit on the bus and you're just thinking and now the start is at 7 a.m yeah. so you wake up at 4 30 or something and then Make yeah. some oats, do a shit, go to the start, and you don't have time yeah. to get nervous. Yeah. Like, you have to pin the number, you have to make sure, I don't know, the, the number is right and whatever. Do the, the right pressure in your tires, loop the chain for the last yeah. time, and it's normally count, stuff. Count your cliff. Count, count, count your cliff blocks. Yeah. <laughs> like, normally that stuff is all being done for you. Yeah. Now it's just like, you're just. Okay, during the race, you guys are racing, let's say, halfway. Uh, when did the the final uh, five. group final five get together? I think still like a hundred miles yeah, to go. A, yeah, no more. Yeah, I remember because the slick master, yeah, yeah, the gravel master. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he said to me after fifty k or something, man, this is like a Gran Fondo. What the what the fuck is this? You know, and he yeah. was in the front and feeling really good. And then after hundred fifty k, he was was uh, yeah. and it was still 170k to go i remember like yeah okay and then 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 the groups formed you start looking at each other no i think i think maybe lawrence thought the same i was like so happy that we had this group of five because yeah. like, the beginning it's not it's compared to like a road race it's not that crazy like compared to doing amstel gold or something or Paris. yeah or Paris. but like once it was just five of us i was like sweet and it was all cool guys like all people that you knew were going to work and had like this very good gravel mentality like everyone's gonna yeah. ride everyone's gonna work actually i was proud because yeah. also yeah. there was a lot of buzz around quinn simmons racing and kill rhino was there some some uh, jurgensen some world two guys yeah. thomas strong world two guys yeah, uh, yeah. and thomas. then uh, it was the us, which actually he doesn't want to call it a pro but we're both sponsored by specialized yeah which is a big brand so yeah. we're like yeah. their ambassadors yeah. and then we have steady now who's a careful pro king we had king the same same matching yeah. bikes yeah good, yeah, good luck charm really cool. 
And, and, and Colin Strickland, so basically it was the core of, of, of Gravel. Yeah. He got second in rule of three the two weeks before yeah. I won Gravel Locos. So it was really, a, yeah, it was like, this is our game, right? This yeah. is, this is, At this what is point our... did you realize, uh, did you guys realize we're the two best in the group, strongest? I don't really think until, that's the crazy thing about a 10-hour event is you don't know how anyone else is feeling. Yeah. Like you look around and like. What did you see? Because obviously he was probably, uh, Laos was probably talking a lot or not. <laughs> uh, you do this, you do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, we spoke a couple of times that both of us had no arrow bars. Oh, yeah. And then the guys, kept, yeah, the guys kept pulling, like Strickland would go so fast, like on this, like a downhill, yeah. you know, because he can just go so much faster with the arrow yeah. bars. Um, and we were like all pulling through equally, but it was just like, fuck, it's so much harder to pull through with, with no arrow bars when these guys have arrow. And he was they like, jump like doing bunny hops like through rock sections on the arrow bars no way. i mean he's a good bike handler but it's like still like dude come on like <laughs> well, and three weeks before two weeks before at Gravel locos no one had arrow bars so uh, you I was felt not, flicked right i felt a little bit flicked. yeah no one told you <laughs> no no one told <laughs> yeah. and then two weeks later on the biggest race suddenly arrow bars are there i was like what the fuck yeah you know? like <laughs> i had them in my uh, my uh, my bike bag you know yeah. i flew in with arrow bars just in case i can put them on you know but now i they, they, they were still in the box and they went like like they make a difference so yeah. <laughs> i was moaning to ian like if they keep going as fast i'm not going to pull like, <laughs> yeah. there's like a it was like the band of honor but everybody had to do equal pulls but yeah. i was like but you guys are an arrow bar. I almost want to say, hey, guys, let's agree on 30 minutes without an arrow bar. Like, <laughs> yeah. you just sit like this, like cool. me. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a lot of, lot of conversation going on? In, 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 I mean, in, we in would talk a five? little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would joke with Pete that we stopped at this neutral water stop and Pete's like, hey, we're, we're all going to stop for water. And I was like, no, I'm okay, man. I'm just going to keep going. And I was joking because like, I needed water. And he's like, dude, you have to stop. It's like gravel code. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm okay, man. I'm just going to keep going. Um, and I was like, look, like we have like a long way till the next water stop. And I think everyone's out of water. So, I mean, we would joke around a little bit. At one point I said, hey guys, let's all come to the finish five riders together yeah. because it was, it was such a cool group of people. And like yeah. Lauren said, I think there was so much like stress around these world tour guys coming and maybe not wrecking gravel, but you know, like, uh. you know, what happens to the sport if these guys win? And so when it was five of us, I'm like, this is so cool. They're like anyone in this group can win and yeah. it's going to be like a, a good winner of the, of the race. I was impressed with that. Yeah. Because he broke the collarbone yeah. four and a half weeks yeah. before. And yeah, to, to, he was to there. ride like that. Also good in the Gravel Locos already. Uh, there yeah. he was already good, but he, he was like, like, uh, I, 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 he was, I, he couldn't match me over there. Like yeah. 50k to go or yeah. 40k to go, he was like dropped, like yeah. empty. Yeah. And then in a three hour longer race, he was there till 25k to go, I think. Yeah. He was the last guy hanging on to me and uh, Ian. So I was also, I was really impressed with his performance. Yeah. And then there's a sprint. No, then the thing was, uh, I think Pete started to attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Colin was dropped somehow. Yeah. On the part where Thomas flattered in uh, the, 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 the yeah. Wednesday ride. I'm happy we saw this section in the recon. Yeah. Because it was like the most, I mean, that was where the race was really happened is in this last 25 miles yeah. that we saw on we, we both did it i didn't know what inbound was so <clears> we did the recon it was me ian and and then thomas the slickmeister and jasper okalun 
And Jasper broke his bike within two hours. And then also Thomas had a flat tire and we learned how to plug those those tires. Those. Good, good practice. Yeah. <laughs> But also for Thomas, he said, man, this is a reality <clears throat> check. And yeah. for me, that, because also it was a little bit, it had rains yeah. and the, the, the gravel was a little bit soaky. Yeah. You know, like, like it didn't roll. Like it was the, soft. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. soft. Yeah. In the race, it was better, actually. Yeah. But Thomas also said, like, this is a big reality check. Like, Unmount is not like Milan Remo, where you're, like, 10 hours in the wheel and I'm going to win a sprint. You know, it's, a, it's like a race where you have to push. And, yeah, that, so the attack start when Thomas, of uh, the place where Thomas fled at, Strickland got dropped. Yeah. And then uh, there was, like, the, the mud hole or the mud pole. Yeah. Uh, And I went just full. It was like a it. cow shit. Yeah. Like we, cause we did it on Wednesday and it was like water across the whole road. But over the course of the week, there was no rain. So it all made into one small narrow thing. Yeah. And I think probably same with you. There was two people we were catching from the 100 who took yeah. like the nice path on the side. Yeah. And Lawrence had attacked and I was like, fuck, I have to go straight through this thing. And it just smelled like cow shit. Cause like you, there was, you, you, you could have slowed down and tried to like yell at someone no. to move, but we there's like one <laughs> option right in the middle. And I think uh, Pete is cha at Chainswick there. So the, because of the cow shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuck to his chair. Yeah, it's a headline in Venom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. So he, he had dirty hands. Huh? We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he got behind and then I think Teddy came back somehow. I don't know how because yeah. we went like, like I was already fast. surprised. Yeah, you were like 10 minutes behind, yeah. I think. And that was, he was all, all race. He was like coming as the last guy. Like, always the last. As, uh, always <laughs> yeah. the last guy to go. But at the end, I was also replaying the race in my head the night after because because I underestimated him because he always came as the last, but you have to be strong to claim as mm. the last guy. And I was like, okay, he's barely hanging on, but actually he was going, always going towards her. So he was going faster. Mm. But Teddy came and then there was like two uh, paved climbs or like yeah. better gravel than we had. Yeah. Hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the first one, uh, I think I pulled all the way to the top because I wanted to distance speed. Yeah. And then you guys pulled through, and then on the second one, actually, we flicked, uh, we flicked that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm not oh. sure if you heard, but I think we were pulling through, and Ted finally started to pull because he was like, he came across and needed some, I need some break. I need you. On your, I said, yeah. I need you on your arrow bar. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. because it was all the way downhill. Yeah, yeah. I went downhill. I said, yeah, the arrow bar has to pull now. You're invited to the party, Ted. Yeah. But he pulled through, and like I was behind him coming through, and I like picked up the pace a bit, and I heard him say, uh oh. And I think okay. he like started to cramp and I was like, fuck Ted's like, something's wrong. It's like, we like kept picking up the pace and like, then he was just, That's he cute. was gone. Yeah. But then uh, a couple, we had like one more hill later and you looked back and I don't even think it was Ted. I think it was some, like a uh, person from the 100 mile ride. And this is where I think Lawrence was trying to play games with me. He's like, Ian, uh, Ian, there. Ted's coming back. We have to kill him now. <laughs> no. Like he wanted me to like, take a big pull because it was starting to get windy as well. But yeah at, at that point <laughs> at that point i felt stronger yeah but during that last hour it was also more flat and windy. Yeah. i i sensed like oh man he's he's stronger than i thought no yeah yeah he was still taking big pools yeah and then also i tried to play a little bit of game because the guys they were still close they were yeah they're only like a minute and a half back but you can't tell where they are because you're catching people yeah, from yeah, the 100 yeah. miles so you don't know like oh there's a red jersey but maybe it's pete or maybe someone we just passed So you never know it's where they are. difficult to know. And, uh, but I tried to make, uh, because for me, I thought, yeah, it's the best for me actually to make the race hard till that last hill on, yeah. the, on the tarmac. It's my, I'm not a sprinter. I knew. So that was my only chance to 
to drop you. Yeah. And I went, but actually I was so I saw back the movie on top and actually Ian already passed me in the corner to the yeah. right. Well, yeah. it's funny because before that, I think coming into town, we said, okay, we keep it to a sprint. Yeah. And I think we both knew that this hill was like the last chance to break them, like to like try to get away because we both have no confidence in the sprint. <laughs> so I didn't attack, but I like definitely accelerated to go like try to see if I could drop him. And then he attacked me. And then I barely just came back on the top because like we both knew like if it comes to a sprint, we have no idea what's going to happen. You know, my dad messaged me after. He's like, wow, that was a cool slow motion sprint. <laughs> and then, and then um, you were an unbound winner. I know for sure uh, allowance was uh, it was you were proud on your oh, achievement, but you were also disappointed. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I also said I think in my Instagram message, it's, it's a race who does, which yeah. deserves to be disappointed. You know, yeah. like it's a ten-hour race, and at the end, there's a lot of emotions. You, you went. It's like like you go up more than two full. You know, like you really dig deep. So. Uh, and also, I'm 40 years old. I'm, I, d I don't know if no. I have the same legs in the upcoming two or three years again. You know, like yeah. it's, it's it's going to be difficult. What happens when you win unbound? What happens? It's crazy. Then? Yeah, it's honestly it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. girls everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Instagram girls. Instagram girls. Um, it's just yeah, it's amazing how yeah, much. <laughs> don't tell my wife. Um, But it's amazing just how much people, how much attention there is from, yeah. you know, from media, from fans, from friends, you know, because you don't think about it. Like, I didn't realize before, probably Lawrence and I were the two people who didn't know what it actually meant. I think, you know, Ted's won it before, Colin's won it before, Pete has been there before, so he knew how important it was, which is maybe also why they were a little bit more, like maybe why Pete dropped his chain, because he's like, this is the moment. So he makes a mischief because he's kind of stressed about it. Mm. Um, but I think I did like 15 different podcasts between... <laughs> Yeah, between the finish of the race and yeah. coming to to Kenya, yeah. which I is crazy. To a few. I told yeah. him the first day, how many podcasts did you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I probably missed someone. Yeah, or but, some, but, yeah. but even even if you did not win uh, Unbound, we still would invite you to <laughs> good, good. just because of who yeah. you are. Yeah, but it's it's crazy. I mean, it just it's and it's you funny. like it's, it. You you like the attention. Um, I guess I'll do it because I have also my own podcast, yeah. so I know how hard it can be to get people on and like it's important to like also speak to people who are relevant because if you speak to someone a year after, maybe they don't, yeah. they don't care yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to like give time to people to, to do the podcast, but it was a really busy couple of weeks, you know, because also I went home and I was in Emporia for 10 days doing some stuff with Specialized and then with Wahoo and then the race. And there was only like a week between or 10 days between the, when I got home and then coming to Kenya. Yeah. So there was a lot to do just to prepare and get ready. And then, you know, all these other distractions. He's got a I, farm. D d yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i was supposed to go camping with my wife like a canoe camping trip and we had to cancel that we did one night instead of two nights but yeah a lot of things changed and but it's funny because now a couple of weeks after it's like people this don't guy really knows how to anymore. live slow <laughs> yeah they make their own applesauce you said Apple, yeah the best thing i did between unbound and coming to kenya was mow our field on the tractor nice. i just yeah. put in some music had a beer and just sat on my tractor for three and a half hours <laughs> in, in doing circles what kind of house do you live Uh, it's an old farmhouse. So like it used to be a dairy farm uh, with 500 acres. And now it's, we have 10 and a half acres, but the house was built in 1785. Wow. So it's old. Um, but yeah, we have a bunch of gardens and apples and chickens and yeah. It's, I uh, remember it because it's in the, it was in the first Wahoo movie. Yeah. Too, the first yeah? Frontiers video. Yeah. yeah. So big barn. Um, yeah. We're still trying to figure out what. How to many do with bikes it. were in that barn? We have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Well, I, I guess I, not a ton, but you know, I have. You have to also in Vermont. You have to have a bike for every season. You know, snow bike. You know, gravel. Couple of gravel fat bikes, bike. fat bikes. Yeah, road bike. My wife has some bikes. I have some just random bikes, town bikes. What's heaven? Sounds like we can fit four Lisla Radfest uh, bets in. Yeah, yeah easy, <laughs> yeah. easy. Yeah, we can set up some tents from from migration race and bring them out there. <laughs> um, Last question on Unbound, then we uh, quickly um, also discuss uh, discuss migration. Um, will your approach for Unbound be different now you were so successful? Um, I guess I'll know what to expect for the race, but but in terms of training, working a bit less, less at Wahoo training, yeah, a bit maybe more, like especially the like weeks that? before, yeah? you know. Maybe trying to go on like not a training camp, but go somewhere warm in April or something because it's just ah. too cold at home to ah. to ride so much. Um, but I don't know. It's I would definitely show up to the event later. I was there like so much, yeah, yeah so were, many days before. It was like, oh and, like yeah. the, it just annoying. stressful yeah. and stuff, and especially yeah. because you have time for, to get stressed. Yeah, yeah, and also people are going to want your attention for yeah. pictures of the bike and interviews, and um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe when did you came in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mon- Sunday night, so Sunday, so a full know. week before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess I know what, I mean, I also like Lauren said, the disappointment also comes from, because it's such a long event, you can't just do it again. It happens once a year. And also so many things can happen in 10 hours, a flat tire, a mechanic, you know, uh, something you, you happens. Won't be, like if you do it five times, at least two times, either way, your body will collapse or your bike yeah. or tires will yeah. collapse. Yeah. Like then you have only three chances. Yeah. Like you yeah. saw to. So you have to leave it to chance for 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 uh, uh, for that matter. Yeah, you need a little bit of luck. If you if you're there, I understand why, why you don't want to be there ten days before because in those ten days you want to control everything, which yeah. is not possible. So yeah. you can might as easily uh, drop home. in. Yeah, I guess maybe that going into the race, my goal was just to have like a perfect day, and that didn't mean winning, but like no mechanicals, like ah. just because I feel like it's also an event that you learn something every time. You know, you learn. You know, we didn't know Little Egypt section, but everyone else who was there knew what this, you know, yeah. Suddenly attack. they start to sprint. This <laughs> yeah. was like, Strickland okay. made its move two yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, but we never, you know, we did this recon, but we didn't we see didn't this know. section. You know. cannot play the yeah. newbie card to yeah. next year, I no. guess. No. I did it already for Gavel Local. Yeah, but yeah. also, but be, because you are uh, uh, racing each other later on the season, right? What's your, what's your schedule for? Yeah, I think we'll see each other in Colorado. Yeah. For SBT Bravo, yeah. So... But it's, I mean, I guess that's a cool thing about gravel is there's also no secrets. No. You know, it's like I'm happy, like we all share like, yeah. hey, what pressure are you having? Or what, you know, yeah. what food are you bringing? Or what was your yeah. training? And I feel like in the world tour, there's always like an element of secrecy. You know, Pete people didn't don't believe share. me. Uh, I said in gravel logos, I just write on blocks. He was yeah. like, oh, I'm going yeah. to <laughs> Did you ever see a guy eat that many blocks? <laughs> no, I, no, it's ridiculous. Even I yesterday night, he comes to me. So I said, Stevie, I need blocks. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, and he did the calculation, you know, and I need some. I had blocks for five hours, but if he had a headwind, it would have been six. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, extra. I'm not entirely sure. Do you yeah. have a sn- I, have, I have a Snicker bar for you. <laughs> yeah. there's, only, there's, yeah. a, there's a good trade. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, okay. Uh, migration gravel. How crazy hard was this? I think overall it was hard. I mean, speaking of unbound, I think I had such a somehow perfect day. Like I actually just felt good and everything was fine. But I feel much more tired now than after unbound. I mean, just everything, just my neck and back and legs, my asses, (laughs) 
<laughs> raw. Um, but what it's will, been a hard will, race. What will you tell your wife when you get home? How, uh, let's let's assume you can explain something like this. this. What what do you how do you explain it to your wife when you get home? Oh jeez, honey, how was how was how was your yeah. safari? Uh, it's almost nice. yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was good. I saw an elephant. Um, yeah. How was your day? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's almost one of those things you can't even explain because no. it's so like it's not it's not just the race or the course. It's like everything: the camp, the food, the people. You know, the bonding. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Um, it's been so unique. I think compared to any other race I did, it's the most unique, and also probably one of the hardest. And I don't know why, because you, we've both done bigger races, but just... What made it hard? I mean, I think the, the course, probably. Not yeah. not so much like the climbs, because it really actually wasn't that much climbing. No, no. I think it was just the surfaces it's were so rough. It's just pounding on the body. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, the surface is really rough. And like Thomas this morning, he was he was moaning about yeah. his, his lower arms. And, <laughs> Thomas and, and, was and, moaning yeah. in general. <laughs> <as well. laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was he was doing like this, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And so, no, because for four days, you get all those hits on the body. With, with yeah, just to to make it clear, it's what. How, how does this, com this this surface in general compare to Unbound? Uh, little Egypt, but then for like, yeah, it's like Little Egypt, yeah. but for 180k. I saw for the first stage, for the first stage, you said it was Carrefour L'Arbre, the L'Arbre for uh, 110k, and then we had 10k of Rockard and mountain bike down. Yeah, yeah. that's five. Yeah. Well, I think track. it's funny because all these events try to make things more like extreme, you know. And like I read in the the manual, it said like, oh, like the first 25K is like Paris-Roubaix. And I was thinking, okay, it can't be that bad. But yeah. it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> and it was continuous. There's no yeah. breaks. You think even like the longest stretch of Paris-Roubaix is 4K. one. Yeah, 4K <laughs> or something. And then you have a break and it gets easy and it's just, it never, it never ended. Day one, minute five, I pass you <laughs> if you're yeah. standing next to the road. I thought, shit, this is really quick. Yeah. And the moment I thought, I heard... You had to say, and I had to say, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was like uh, the how the surface was. Yeah, but also on that road we came in with the bus. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. our bus had two flat tires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we knew it was bad. Road. We knew it was a bad road. Yeah. Like, like we have to do yeah. this one tomorrow. Like this road for real, and it was already a twenty-five k stretch. I think we did with yeah. the bus two flat tires for the bus for the yeah. car. Like, so today we ended um, stage four. Uh, allowance uh, takes two stages and GC. You have a monster ride today. We we arrived here and they said the, the, what what word did they use? Like the butcher or something. You had a <laughs> 90k breakaway solo yeah. ride. Yeah. Well, we finally got onto roads that I actually enjoy riding. Yeah, you know, like the first gravel, like I mean, gravel. Yeah, I mean yeah. stage two was actually really cool. Like it was yeah. some rough sections, but not. I mean, some of the single track was actually really fun. It was like yeah. mountain biking on a gravel yeah. bike. Um, stages one and three were like just rough and they just beat you up. So today, and I guess even when I flatted on the first day, like that was the first time in a gravel race that I raced like a racer, you know, like Lauren said, oh, I'm always coming from behind. And that stage is like, cool. Like maybe I'm, I want to test out these riders Let's and I'll go try. to the front. I was being yeah. like this asshole in the Peloton. I'm yeah. going to go push the pace and like yeah. see what people are doing. <laughs> sure enough, five minutes flat tire. <laughs> so like I just slowly over the course of the week went back to my position. Like, okay, I'm just going to sit in the back. And like wait till things work Be out, in. and then I can then I can move up. Um, but today was just random. Like, you felt the pressure of the inbound champion. Yeah, yeah. after, after ten minutes, it was okay. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> does, does does the migration gravel race feel like a revenge for your second place? Well, 
Oh no, a little no, no. bit maybe. Yeah, it's, two stage wins. NGC. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm just happy with the results, but this is just a totally different race. And you get, a, I got a belt buckle, but you got a cool. I got the Maasai blanket. blanket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you seem to uh, surprise yourself also a little bit. You seem to surprise yourself, uh, not even a little bit, but uh, in general. But you also. Me the same. I think. Say, I don't know, how can I yeah. push these what? Like, yeah. Like uh, yeah, I race with a power meter here and also on the altitude for yeah. especially the first two days was like really decent but it's 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 just for listeners also it's uncomparable to like if you ride a long race like milan san remo I, I in, in terms of is, wattages i think the thing is why both of us in the world tour what's was maybe outliers like we're the worst sprinters yeah, yeah. and that's why the sprint in the mount was so nice that's <laughs> yeah. why we both didn't win races in yeah. the world tour so we're, we're guys who are really suited to those long distance, like probably a lot of fiber type one yeah. muscles yeah. we both have, which, uh, because gravel racing, like as also it's a different tone, sport, it's different because yeah. you always have the pressure on yeah. the legs. So it's basically, it's always, if you do one, 2% uphill on the road, yeah. because you always, if you don't push, you stand still also in the bunch. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, on the road, you're in the bunch. It's just like pedal, pedal, pedal. And you, you yeah. can coast for a few seconds. Yeah, I think that type of uh, thing really suits us. Yeah, that's why we're yeah. probably good in gravel. Yeah, and that's yeah. also probably why, not per definition, if uh, um, apart from uh, technical uh, malfunction, uh, tires, I don't know, uh, chains breaking, uh, that you put any world tour pro in unbound, it's not that no. he or she will yeah. win. You know, it's yeah. a different sport. Yeah. Well, I asked a journalist at the house we were staying before Unbound if the Peloton or the field in Unbound was stronger than the field going to the U.S. Pro Championships. Yeah. And my thought was like, I think Unbound is stronger. If you had the same field and then yeah. I won the race and I thought, no way, this is, it's a completely different sport. Like yeah. if we went, if Lawrence and I went to U.S. National Championships Splitting in the U.S., corners. it's, yeah, it's completely <laughs> different. And like today, for example, like 90K solo, that's almost in a way easier for me than being in a peloton you yeah. know with all these surges and like someone sprint and stop and break it's easier to just be in your own yeah in your but own speed you said for, that yesterday for me for me always in the in the world tour or the, my my the best things i liked were like tourmalet or Montventoux one hour climbs yeah yeah i think that's for you was, you find was, your you find your say? pace yeah one hour climbs. You also said the, the gravel racing is way less dangerous because you have yeah. you, you have, have no bunch. You have no bunch, no. <laughs> yeah. And a lot more controllable elements, so to say. Yeah. Well, I think overall the speed is slower. So like even on a downhill, if you don't want to take a big risk, you can let the riders go a little bit ahead and then hopefully come back to them when it you know yeah. goes flat or uphill again. And in the road, like you can't do that in a road race. You know, if, if you come off you know 10 seconds then you have to gone. sprint out of a corner and then the bunch goes 65 or the, the last part of the bunch because they already have to catch up to the yeah. first yeah then you have to go 75 out of a corner and we can't do that so that's why i try always to be in the front also in the downhill yeah. because then you don't have to do the sprint. sprint yeah back to migration how about those kenyan riders they're a lot stronger than i expected yeah yeah i mean i think that I was almost a little bit not worried, but like concerned that we would come here and like me and Lawrence and you know Thomas yeah. every day would just yeah. ride away. Yeah. And it'd just be three of us and we are kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? But they really I mean, especially Sule, it was like he's a strong yeah. he's yeah. a stronger and they you could tell they really also wanted it. Like how much they would fight. Yeah. Like on day two we were 
just three of us for a long time. And then we came to a river crossing all of a sudden. Sorry, number four was there. Yeah, four. <laughs> like, yeah. And at one and point, mountain, mountain biker, biker came just yeah. from nowhere. Like we stopped at the aid station, got water. And then five minutes later, a kid on a mountain bike just came flying past us on a downhill that was like super technical. Like, yeah. Where the fuck did he come from? Like we didn't like, I was almost thinking for a second, like maybe they had a different GPX file. They were taking like, every once in a while they had like two kilometer shortcut to come back. So I'm like, where did they come from? Because we weren't riding like, sprint so, like race but it was like we also weren't going easy did, like, you already how did, check, they... did you already check strava no we probably should check yeah no but for them it was a chance but yeah uh what i see is uh they, they for sure have the talent they yep. have talent but also today was a guy and he's, he's been a lot in the in the front group john yeah he's 47 kilos He's no. riding on yeah. a 26 inch mountain bike, yeah. a really shitty bike. Actually, yeah. he's still there, but I don't know so many world tour pros being 47 kilos. Yeah, you they're so small. Some, yeah, you need to have yeah. some watts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sumo yeah. is 61. He told yeah. us. Yeah. So and and what the, what the, the 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 gear they have is so the, the giant bikes and so yeah, uh, they have, some nice they have bikes. Some yeah. bikes yeah. But the nutrition side, they have to learn a lot. <coughs> they come from. <clears throat> so if I'm running maximum two hours so they're yeah. not used to eat during yeah. seven hour events yeah like the, they always ask you for food I think also race food is really expensive for them like I eat uh, maybe 25 dollars of blocks every day <laughs> yeah like, like, <laughs> yeah. <that's>, yeah. <laughs> I would block <laughs> yeah no, but they, they raise on bananas and some cookies we give them yeah. and stuff yeah. like that so that's like actually unfair yeah so I think that they, they, they need there need to be some kind of a program and and what what Sula told us yesterday and then like normally they take one or two big talents and they bring them to Europe and try to raise them as real pros and what this race does is we bring five good European riders we yeah. make a big race here and 50 African riders can see which level yeah. they have to get to so it's a lot more eyes who got open yeah. because Sula the yeah. first time he went to Europe he said like the kid goes 48k an hour I didn't believe yeah. you could go 40k an hour on a bike <coughs> like on, a, on, yeah. a, on a four corner circuit yeah. Yeah. so the eyes open right now from the boys like they see me they see Ian doing his 90k attack they see me coming back from the flat tire yesterday and they're all like okay Okay, we need to yeah. <laughs> put in some more effort, and I think that's you got. You guys have the feeling you 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 can. It's maybe a little bit of a big question, but you guys contributed to Kenyan uh, like East Africa bike racing. Yeah, I think so. Just because by coming, I mean, it's the same when I first go to Europe, you see things, you learn things, you know, it's the same when you went to California, you start to see this culture and you learn yeah. about what they're doing in California and like the you surf pick culture. Up the small things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's things you almost can't teach. You just have to learn yeah. through observation. You think before you have your own rules and like they have probably. Yeah, and challenge then, them by. And then you come in California, you do a six hour ride and they buy a six pack of beer at the gas station and you have a fun day and you yeah. also ride hard. Yeah. You're yeah. like, so you distract your own yeah. rules yeah and i think that's what's happening to them now like they see us they see us also eating normal western food and yeah. still go fast or eating all the blocks for example race yeah. food and they they start to think like that the, the mountain bike guy who <laughs> kenny who got yeah. third gc every day he started to ask for food during the yeah. race like <laughs> yeah. he was like okay he's eating and i and he won the sprint 10 yeah. days before i gave him I had enough blocks, Stevie. So I, <laughs> I gave him. <laughs> you know, the first thing I ate today, the snicker bar. Yeah. 
Or else it'd be melted. So yeah. Good, that's, good that's, thing. Yeah. That's true. But I think it's also like, you know, just the observation of, of watching us race. But I think it's little things like, you know, yesterday when Lawrence flatted, not thinking that he's going to come back, thinking, okay, he's flatted, he's out, it's too far back. Or like today when I go 90K to go, maybe they don't see that type of effort so much. They think, okay, no. he's, he's attacked for sure. He'll come back in 10K. Yeah. So it's almost <laughs> efforts like that, that, you know, because I don't know, you didn't take too long to fix your flat tire. But normally you think like, okay, he's gone. He's never going to come back because he's had a flat tire. But you came back really quickly in the end. It felt long, but it was, yeah. yeah. No, but also what they have to learn is tactic. Like, yeah. Like they, they it almost seems they don't race to win. Yeah, that's probably the one almost critique I have of this race as a whole. It's like, really, it was the final of yesterday and today, the final like 90K were the only times that the race course allowed for like tactics to be into play yeah. where people need to chase because or else yeah. it's single track and it's yeah. one line and Surviving. you just ride the person. You cannot in do a pace line. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's also yeah. when I was yeah. off the front today, I realized that unless Lawrence pulls all the riders back to me, they're strong enough that Lawrence isn't going to drop them. Yeah. Like they're strong enough to stay in his wheel, but they don't necessarily want to work to bring really? it back, you know? And it's, it's kind of brings For us me back. It was no interest to bring him no, because yeah. he was at one hour after yeah. day one. Yeah. But they don't realize when he attacks, they all look at me. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need to win today. Yeah. They look yeah. to the strongest guy. But if, yeah. if if they want to to win, they should have chased Ian and tried to make it a sprint. Yeah. And at least one of them would have had the chance yeah. of winning. Same for yesterday. Like I come back after the flat tire. I say, okay, I don't sprint, but I want to pump one time more with CO2. Yeah. And then there was one brave guy who attacked. And they all looked to Ian and me. And we're like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's good for you that he wins, it's also good for me. I won yeah. two stages. Ian was also okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the they need to learn. It's this full commitment, and I think maybe kind of going back to Unbound. That's what I think was so cool about this group of five is we knew that everyone was putting a hundred percent in, and it takes like a level of realization to know that like everyone else is doing equal work and like you're all in this together, rather than trying to play these games, you know. 100 miles to go or today 90k to go that's, like oh, i'm gonna save myself i'm gonna yeah. pull through but not fast you know mm. that's how we killed sula actually day two yeah because yeah he was not pulling through anymore yeah. and then we were like okay then we start attacking now yeah 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 it's just that and that's just tactics you know and i think when these athletes come to race in the u.s it's going to become because the races are so much faster than here you know the speed is just mm. constantly it's above 30k an hour in which case, like, then the tactics become more important. The slower the speed, the less the tactics really matter, you know, because the drafting is not as important and, you know. Apart from the change. racing and apart from the fact that uh, you probably inspired Kenyan riders, did you see some elephants? Did, <laughs> you, look, did you look around? Did I saw you two see? elephants today. Yeah? Yeah, on the right. And I think I said to the group, but no one else looked. No one else was caring. It was after the, the first water that, stop on the right side, we crossed a bridge and we started to go up before we took that wrong turn. But there was two elephants on the on the right but side. But you guys probably rode in some awesome places in the world. But this, the, yeah. we get to ride today in places where nobody ever gets to ride because they, they arranged it with the, apparently with the, with the Maasai people. Yeah. That we were allowed to take our bikes through that... Yeah. It was so unbelievably specially, uh, special, the, the scenery and the, the, the parkour in general. Yeah. I mean, that's almost like kind of the negative thing about the races. It was so long and hard that you yeah. also hard, like 
there's times I wanted to stop. The yeah, first day yeah, I stopped and took exactly. some pictures because I was yeah. an hour behind. Yeah. But today and stuff, like there's times you want to take a picture, but yeah. you know, I had my phone in the, in the yeah. hydration pack, so I'm not going to stop and unzip no. it and you, maybe you never catch back. But um, that thankfully- That is good at it. Yeah. Filter, yeah. 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 Unbound, yeah. yeah. Con- I, content and, uh, king. Yeah. I, content yeah, king. I, I didn't. Uh, you put a, uh, Stephen, put a GoPro under my saddle. I think I hit the button <laughs> twice, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not just not yeah. thinking. I'm just thinking yeah. about- yeah. Yeah, the only, the that's the shitty thing because it it uh, I, I wasn't racing, but I was also suffering, and because of that, you 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 cannot like really to the full extent uh, enjoy uh, and realizing what special environment you're riding. You know, in that uh, perspective, sitting in a jeep with a bottle of beer next to you, then <laughs> yeah. you can really take in the yeah, environment. Yeah. Right, you know? but, I mean, we still saw cool things like this morning and on day two. The wild beast. We had the, yeah, Whoa. the wild beast were like running, I mean, today right in front of the, the peloton. Like we all had to slow down. Yeah. Um, which is cool, you know, like, and there's still opportunities to like enjoy it, but it's, you're not getting pictures, which is, I mean, in a way it's almost cool. Like, that's why it's hard to explain to my yeah. wife, you know, it's like, also, I saw it? this thing. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no pictures, but I, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> no FaceTime? Yeah. No network. No. For yeah. Few, uh, so. Yeah. So it was pretty remote. It was it's something, uh, I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but it was something like I look forward being home. Yeah. And I have nobody around for just a few hours and <laughs> yeah. digested all this yeah. roller coaster we were in. Yeah. Eh? It's it's so much happened in the last few days. So much suffering, but also so much impressions. So much. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like so many things did happen, you know, even yeah. from camping to the setups to like everything, everywhere we were, the people you meet, that it's almost happened so quick, you can't even process, you're just living in it. Yeah. And it almost takes a while to like digest. And yeah. Once you get home, you're like, oh, wow, like yeah. we did oh, this and, and we then, went yeah, here and, and like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We made our own shower. Yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, but actually the cool thing today is nothing to do with the animals, but with people. Yeah. The city we again, the again, city we we, pa- ma- we made that we had that conclusion <laughs> after day one the recon yeah. ride but the city we passed like halfway yeah, yeah, before, yeah. Or like fifty k to go oh, yeah. before the tarmac yeah, yeah. Uh, just a beautiful stretch with the yeah I, 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 yeah I but we know. were passing all those cabs and people were with uh, I don't know what kind of <laughs> yeah it was like a car with a horse in front <laughs> and it was like a motor and a scooter and what else they were doing you yeah. know and. Then there were people walking around with cows and stuff like that. They call them the moving bank. No way. A cow over here. That's what I yeah. like. A cow is worth like $60. Lau is a people's person, not an animal person. I wanted person. to stop and speak to other people. I think that was like the coolest part of today's stage was like going through that town. Because it yeah. was like chaos. You know, like yeah. there was like they're doing road work. So there was only one side of the road. And there was like scooters coming and buses and dump trucks. And it was really like just navigating this like crazy section. It was fast. It was like a little bit downhill. Tarmac. Yeah. And for us, <laughs> yeah. you, were, yeah, exactly. you were in the race, you know, and just in this small bubble yeah. drive. You think the whole world is around, <laughs> built around that, yeah. that little group of guys yeah. riding in ridiculous speeds through that town. But everybody in that town doesn't know because you guys are the first yeah, true. entering the town. Yeah. And everybody must have thought, well, who are these lunatic yeah. yeah there's some guy on the downhill with a red flag they're doing construction like a red flag to stop yeah and yeah. just like went right next to him like on the side and like you know he's like what the heck's happening you know but yeah and then those maasai on the motors which yeah. were like eh, eh. yeah so we were escorted by like i think 20 maasai people on the motors yeah uh, that was cool and they were like this especially the second day we went down that big downhill off the mountain 
and we went fast down it yeah. like for a bicycle. Yeah. And we got to the bottom and the, the Masa and the scooter was right behind us or the motor. I was like, it's not even a nice like dirt bike. It's just like no. a, a normal like it's city 50, motor. 50 years old. Yeah. 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 They don't have brakes. No. Because yeah. the same type of bikes that come sometimes towards you from, yeah. the, no, uh, from the people who are not in the race. And then when they discover you, are like, okay, you see me? I yeah. see you. <laughs> Start braking. But they, they do the feet out like this. <laughs> and you're like, don't you buy <laughs> The bike has no brakes. Yeah. They don't stop. Those motors, yeah. they cannot stop. They're anymore. really good at playing chicken. Yeah. <laughs> um, once in a lifetime uh, experience, I would say. Yeah, I think just everything, and I think I think there'll be more events like this happening in the future. I think yeah. like gravel is still like going up, but I think the next thing is like kind of these adventure races. You know, where it's road biking, cyclocross, mountain bike, yeah. gravel, camping, like all in one. I think this is like the next yeah. the next big thing. It was to really well organized, also. This. Yeah. To think so for, I can you, see you my think, friends coming here, like. If you organize yourself a trip or you go yeah. with something like this and you have to rate that race atmosphere, you're with 80 like-minded people. Yeah. You think you think gravel racing, uh, last question, then we are slowly wrapping up, um, has more like international potential than road cycling? Um, you can ride yeah, your I think gravel so. bike everywhere. Yeah, and I was speaking to, to... Not a lot of good tarmac here. No, <laughs> but I was speaking to Jeremy at Specialized and he said that a lot of like foreign markets outside the u.s are like slow to adopt gravel because they they see a race like unbound and they say oh we don't do gravel we don't have this kind of road but gravel is anything it's pavement it's single track it's dirt road it's farm track it's like once globally more you know cyclists realize that they don't have to ride on the pavement they can take this bike that's almost as fast and go anywhere yeah then i think it'll become more open and you see this race i mean you finished lawrence finished in 22 hours or something yeah but someone finished in 35 hours. Yeah. Like they almost did two extra days yeah. of riding compared to Lawrence. Yeah. You know, it's like you can have everyone in the same race from yeah. different cool. different abilities. Yeah. And you don't get that in, in yeah. road racing. And yeah. everybody's who's going in is applauded for. Yeah. Same in inbound. Yeah. That's yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, everyone gets and cheered. That's what I was noticed also. Like in a world tour, yeah. only the team leader has a story. Yeah. You know, about uh, if he won the race or if he went up to climb well or had bad legs. And then the domestiques were in a gruppetto that just shower. Yeah, nothing. No big story. And here everybody comes in and, you know, we are already waiting there for maybe two, three hours. That's so yeah. demoralizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm coming in with my head full of stories yeah. and you guys are just laying around there yeah, having everything. Yeah. All but the blocks still- are like alphabetically ordered again, yeah. like a rainbow color ballet. But still, everybody is allowed to tell their story. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, people come in and they just burst out with yeah. their story. Like, everybody is like full of emotions and, oh, and this and then this happened. There's so many flat tires like Tom, o- Tom Osterdijk. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Uh, and so, that's the thing. Everybody is even more than in a world. Everybody has a has a big story and is allowed to tell it. And that's the cool thing about careful racing. Yeah, almost never someone finishes and doesn't have a story. No. In road racing, I think this happens a lot. Like, yeah. What happened? Like I did my job, I got my bottles, I went yeah. to the Gruppetto and I finished. Just standard day. Like, yeah. like the average uh, to the front sprint, sprint stage. Yeah, sit in. Where, yeah, where, what, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck should I tell about this I stage? Yeah. yeah, I don't remember a lot of to the front stages. But yeah, every yeah. one of these six races I did this year, yeah. I could recall. Yeah, because like, yeah. Yeah. you're part of the race. You know, you're doing, and maybe it's because also the race is always 
you're always more focused. You know, you think in the Tour de France, sometimes there's days that you're just in the Peloton for five hours doing nothing. You try to find a friend to talk to, <laughs> you know, because you're so bored. And yeah. like after 10 yeah. minutes, you're like, okay, I'm, we already spoke yesterday. I don't know what else to, to talk about. You know? No no boredom here. No, no. No boredom always, in Kenya. Always something, yeah. Hey, Ian, um, Monday uh, at the office again? Answering uh, emails? We travel, but Organizing yeah. stuff, managing shit, well, stuff like Well, I've been like trying that. to stay on top of it while we've been here. We didn't have service, so I have all day Monday in Nairobi to catch oh, up nice. on, on work. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of back to reality again, but it keeps happening. You know, it's like hey. the summer is going quicker and quicker. And One-dimensional yeah. life doesn't make you necessarily faster. No, we've concluded already. Hey, and he becomes a father, eh? No way. I saw yeah. When? December. I have some oh. time. Yeah. Bye bye one dimensional Prepare. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one no, one, one more thing to, to try and balance. Makes you faster. Yeah. The well, third one doesn't know, but. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's, all, he's blaming a steward for being stolen. <laughs> yeah. I have two. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> he used to. <laughs> oh, he only has two. Um, thanks. Thank you for having me. It's fine. Um, uh, I enjoyed and maybe we'll catch up uh, later uh, later in the year. Who knows? Um, time to wrap up. Please take a look at the liveslowridefast.com website and sign up for the newsletter. In case you have any remarks or questions, anything, drop us a line at podcast at liveslowridefast.com. Uh, don't forget to review the podcast at iTunes. By doing that, others are able to better find the podcast. How much? When do you fly back? You Monday say? night. Yeah, midnight. Easy day. We leave tomorrow. Four nights and a night. Fuck again, so early. But tomorrow morning, we get picked up by the bus that brings us to Nairobi. Yeah, apparently there's a rally event, world rally, yeah. the biggest one in Kenya, and uh, so many roadblocks. We. Uh, we, uh, we fly at midnight, basically, like like half an hour before midnight, which we have to leave at six in the morning to, to be sure to catch the flight. But you go back to the hotel before. Yeah. But I don't have to arrange, pre-arrange my clothing, True. pre-arrange my blocks, yeah. cliff bars, all this <laughs> shit, but, all these but. logistics. Oh, I'm so glad I'm done with that. He is so bad. At <laughs> yeah. so, so, he feels guilty not doing it, but he sees yeah. me doing it. Yeah, yeah. But I know I have to do it. You know, I know I, yeah. the minute you get over the line, you start working start on tomorrow. That's how it works. And, 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 and you have a problem if you don't do it. But I'm guy. so bad in yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> so it takes me so much energy, you know. And I, I saw a lot of people in the morning, last minute. Uh, at least I did there. not have that. Yeah. yeah, Fixing their bikes five minutes before the start. You have to like think that. tomorrow flat should, tires. What do you think? Amateurs. <laughs> Amateurs. Yeah. Amateurs. Yeah. Amateurs. Uh, flat tires are still a problem tomorrow. Yeah. We're done racing, but yeah, we can still have a flat tire in yeah. the bus. <laughs> Let's see. Fingers crossed. Thanks again. Thank you. Uh, that's it, guys. We're done and dusted. See you next time. Don't know where, don't know when. Until then. Live slow, ride fast.